And that's when I realised it wasn't chocolate. Mate, what? It's recording. Oh, mate, just press play, just press play. Welcome to Explore the Podcast, where we chat faith, life and adventure. So good. So, <laughs> so good. That's what victory tastes like. Tastes like chocolate. Mm. Chocolate. <laughs> That's what the story was about. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it did actually. To be fair, it wasn't chocolate the first time round. That wasn't the first idea. What was we, it? We don't need to know. I don't okay, think. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's Best when I realised he wasn't wearing any clothes. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but then decided to switch it to chocolate. <laughs> See, so. just just to keep it a little bit safer. Yeah. You can read into that if you want. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, then just the music so kicks in. And then you know we nailed it with the. Well, other. well, let's let's have a look and compare it to the ones that we could have had, shall we? Yeah. Because I feel like then we'll get a better idea of the quality. More lack of. The joy of discovery is the single most important thing in life. If we were meant to stay in one place, we'd have roots instead of feet. So let's get exploring. It, it like it, it takes you somewhere, doesn't it? I feel like I'm ready to do a dance here. <laughs> if only you can see. <laughs> I wasn't that sure that called that dancing. To be fair, I'm ready for a journey. I'll give case that. The only yeah. thing I would say is she definitely put on an American accent. Which yeah, I'm, go on, do it again. I'm so I'm just trying to think. I did. Like I'm trying to listen to it again. I was like, I'm sure that's not American, but maybe I've just watched too many Friends. We were American meant to stay in one place. <laughs> well, we have no. roots, not feet. <laughs> See, that's that is more exaggerated than what I did. But... Nah, I don't agree. Um, <laughs> let's listen to the the one that didn't win from from me. This, this is Explore, Explore the podcast. The See, this is the opposite for me. That is that music is true. I don't really know what it's introducing you to, but I don't think it's this. <laughs> I the lights just dimmed, and I'm wondering what's going on. <laughs> and what gets me like, I, there's only one person speaking, but those are times. Is that right? Yeah, and that's I... right. That's right. One famous person came <laughs> and uh, and decided to be on the podcast, sound like an alien. Yeah. Absolutely uh, incredible. I think they probably, I think they actually listeners may have voted wisely. I think. Yeah, I, <laughs> if I'm honest, I think the best one has won. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Tim. Well done, me, Tim. Me too. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, feeling very proud. Um, don't really know what else to say. Thanks, Mum, for all you did. Uh, really appreciate it. I think. Um, like the dog as well. Don't have one. Enough of that conversation about the jingle. We're now moving on to the podcast for today. We were joined by the amazing Elena Tice, international hockey player and international cricketer and a World Cup finalist. Yeah, I think we caught her purple-handed as well. And I say that because um, she'd been tie-dyeing some socks just before we jumped on. And um, that was quite a funny conversation. Yeah, it was a bit strange. It was a bit strange. Well, I think it was a good conversation, so I think we should crack on with it and listen to it now. Hi, Lena. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited that you're with us. Um, you're you're in Ireland, is that correct? Yep, I'm in Ireland right now. Um, yeah, so it's it's actually not raining for once, which is unbelievable. Um, so these days are precious here. 
it's chucking it down very in here, yeah. which is quite sad. Um, but you're an international hockey player. Um, you've played international cricket. Uh, you're a World Cup finalist. So we're, we're going to begin with some really, really important questions just um, to kick us off. So the first one, um, really, really serious now. Would you rather there be a ding sound every time you blink or a boing sound every time you jump? <laughs> See, a hundred percent boing sound every time I jump. I mean, I can avoid jumping, do you know? I can't avoid yeah, the blink. Did you, did you grow up playing Mario as well or anything like that? Because if you did, then you would love that. That's a pretty exciting thing. Yeah, but... that's like when you get all the mushrooms, isn't it? Or like, yeah, <laughs> 100%. I love Mario Kart. There so you go. I can handle that, yeah. The Boeing sound it is. Life is a video game. That sounds amazing. Right, mine is, um, would you rather wear a... <laughs> Would you rather wear a cape or an eye patch with no explanation? You're not allowed to like play the eye <laughs> for a whole year. Oh man! You know what? I'm go I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a cape because, like, I'm you know my eyesight wouldn't be unbelievable as it is. So I'd say if I had an eye patch on now, I'd be absolutely lethal. So I mean, and you I don't know. You could argue in some contexts. That a cape is kind of cool. I don't know, maybe. But, but I don't know exactly where that would be. It's, it's the Incredibles quote though that says no capes. You know the bit on the film where, where he's like, Ed, Ed, "What is the name, Edna?" Edna. Unbelievable! How did you remember such a long quote? <laughs> it was the worst impression I've ever heard. Phenomenal no quote that. <laughs> I, I would love I would love the image of you turning up to play like hockey and having a cape on. I just wonder what like your team would think if you kind of did that. Do you know what? I, I actually think the sad part is they probably look at me and be like, fair enough, Lane is wearing a cape today. That's weird. Right, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so Well, we could we yeah. could get you on if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'd, probably, I'd probably wear it. Maybe if I tie-dyed it and um made it look cool, I'd just crack on and wear it, like, you know. That's amazing. That's Okay, so my one is, okay, would you rather have your hands stuck in a jar for life or your head stuck in a bucket for life? <laughs> well, is the bucket see-through? There's nothing about being able to not, not cut like a, an eye yeah, hole. The, or, that's the, whole, well, the whole point of a bucket is that it's actually not got holes in it. Yeah, but you're not going to tip water into it if it's on your head, are you? Well, I mean... Okay. Do you know what would be nice about a bucket is that like you hop in the shower and your hair would never get wet. But <laughs> and, if you have, and if you have a bad hair day as well, it's covered. Like it's covered. Yeah, there'd be a lot of things like you wouldn't have to worry about anymore. But I'm gonna go with the jars because like I think it'd be hard to eat with a bucket on your head and I'm keen on the L eating. So yeah. You've just added another jar though, because I I noticed you just said jars. You only, you only need one jar. Oh, I only have one hand in the jar. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm definitely going with the jars. And um, considering I have paint all over my hands right now, uh, which people can't see from tie-dyeing <laughs> shirts, I think jars would actually be a helpful addition. <laughs> Amazing. That's so good. So good. Um, so, yeah, after, after answering those really, really important questions, why don't you just tell us a little bit about 
you and who like who you are um, and maybe a bit about your faith and what that means. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm 23. Um, I'm, a, I'm finishing up my degree in UCD now. I'm kind of one of those people who's, you know, been in university for like a decade. Um, I haven't actually, but it's been, it's been a long haul getting me through to my degree because I've had to split my years up because of the old hockey. So my mum my will be in tears now at the end of this week when I actually finish it. Um, oh. And yeah, so that's in University College Dublin. Um, but, you know, going way back to the start, I was born in England. I was born in Basingstoke Hospital. And um, then we moved to Indiana in the States uh, for three years. Then we moved to Vienna in Austria. And then we came back to Ireland when I was about nine. So I was a bit of an, an international kid. And uh, I consequently had a very hybrid accent, which I've managed to hang on to. Um, but yeah, I was, I was born into a Christian family. So my parents are both really committed Christians, um, which is amazing. And I'm, I'm so fortunate um, that that is the case. Um, my brothers are, are also both Christians, uh, which is really cool. But, you know, having said that, it was definitely my own journey um, in coming to really know the Lord. And I think in my teenage years, you know, I, I wasn't sure of it and I had to really make sense of it on my own. And, you know, there's times that I'm still trying to make sense of it, to be honest. Um, but kind of when I was 18, 19, going into university, I realized, you know, I either have to commit to this or walk away because it's hard to be a, a halfway house in the Christian faith. So um, I, you know, had to figure it out on my own. And I realized that, you know, I, I really do believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. And because I believe that, you know, I have to do something about it. And even if sometimes it's hard being a Christian and, and sometimes I get it so wrong, you know, I just was like, I believe that this is true. And as a result, like I have to do something about it because I can't just ignore the truth. And mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of uh, my story. That's amazing. That's so good. And, and like, and professional sport, in that like I think we were we were having a discussion about about two minutes three minutes before we started this about how crazy it is that like fitting fitting anything around normal life can feel really busy but as you just said you, you're doing a degree while playing for your country like what what is that like <laughs> um yeah it's good it's good crack like you know um it's uh it's full on definitely it's full on I think I started playing you know, sport at a really young age. Um, so even when I was in school, I was kind of playing international cricket. So I learned from kind of the get-go that I had to do a good job of my time and get myself sorted and get myself in order. And, you know, with that comes other things that you have to give up. Um, and so I'm, I'm used to that, you know, and you just, you just, you just adapt and you evolve and and you get good at just being busy and just getting it all done so that's cool having said that I have had to split my degree up a little bit and um, to help me out which has been awesome that I've been able to do that and um, but yeah it's been hectic and I think when I look back at kind of my teenage years I'd say they were fairly different um to kind of the average teenage years yeah yeah you mentioned that say you competed 
professionally at age of 13, I think it was, when you started the cricket and stuff. So, like, how did you, like, you mentioned a bit then about maybe having to give some things up, but how did you find a balance with the pressures of competing and also studying and just living a teenage life? And how, yeah, how did you cope with that? I'm trying to think what I was doing at 13, like, yeah, I was playing, doing. playing Digimon with some friends or, like, <laughs> Mario Kart, Mario Kart. Yes, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and going down the shop for a Lucasaid and a Coke, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like I mean, it, I think the first thing I'd say is that I have unbelievable parents, and you know, that goes a really, really long way when you're trying to kind of chase a dream down in sport. Um, and you know, I wouldn't be able to do it with without them and my mum drove me everywhere and I think if you hear a lot of kind of athletes stories they talk about their parents just driving them from one end to the country of the country to the other and you know I'm so fortunate in that regard um but yeah I also you know I think a lot of things fell in in my favor for some reason so I it wasn't just down to me I think I was just you know, very fortunate in that I went to a school that supported my cricket career. Um, I had a wonderful family around me and then I kind of got the opportunities at the right time. Um, so those things go a, such a long way. And, you know, without them, I probably wouldn't have been able to balance it or, or do it all. No, absolutely. Would you say that they, so would you say their impact helped to give you sort of like that drive and that motivation to try and be, be the best that you could be and to give everything to sports and that kind of side of things? Yeah, I think, I think it's funny. I think I was probably a bit of a lunatic from, um, from a really young age. Like I was always just a competitor, like always, always just trying to beat my brothers. That's the main thing I remember about my childhood is just trying to bury them in the dirt, like in, in any game. And so I think in that way, I've always been driven. I've always known what I wanted to do. And my parents have been unbelievable in it, in that they've never been like, you know, go to this training or, you know, you need to work harder. They've just sat back and been like, if we just want, like, want you to be happy. And, you know, the one thing that my mom has just said to me over and over and over again, she's like, I actually just don't really even care if you go to the Olympics or if you play in a World Cup, like the only thing I care about is your character. Um, so she's probably sitting downstairs fairly disappointed at this point. But listen, um, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying my best. Um, and I think their approach made me just want it more because I knew that regardless of what I did, I was coming home to like parents who loved me. And also I knew that I had a father in heaven who loved me and I, they taught me that and I, and I understood that at a young age that's really really cool i think um it just it kind of blows my mind a little bit because like i, I would love to play professional sport um, i'm getting to the point where i'm probably now reaching the peak of where i would be and haven't got there yet but to play <laughs> to play international sport in two sports like is insane do you ever find yourself like playing hockey on a cricket pitch or like cricket on a hockey pitch because I know so I I played quite a bit of hockey and have played a bit of cricket and like every now and then we'll just like whack a ball like a hockey shot over cow corner and it'll be like oh I've just played a hockey shot and I'll be like oh that wasn't right yeah 
You ever do that? <laughs> yeah, and then and then you try then you try hit it over cow corner again, and your middle stump is five yards behind <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, listen, I know it. I know it. Um, yeah, I think so. Cricket came first, if you get me. So at that age, or when like cricket was really the the game I played growing up, you know, and you you learn your cricket really like in the corridor in the winter playing with. I don't know, a golf a golf club and a ping pong ball. Um, but so I think cricket has really fed in to my hockey um, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a great athlete as such. I'm not quick. In fact, I'm chronically slow. Like it's almost painful to watch. Um, <laughs> I'm not that agile, but I do have quite good hand-eye coordination. So I'm a centre back and I kind of, you know, have based my trade on having good hand-eye and being able to to pick things uh, and see things. So cricket has hugely contributed to that because basically what cricket is is just a one big game of hand-eye coordination, isn't it? So, like, <laughs> so, so yeah. you're on the post for corners. I'm on the uh, post. I just I just get battered in there. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. It's actually. Do you know what? I, I like it in there, I'm not gonna lie. It's one of my favorite things. And I think people think I'm a total lunatic, but I'm like, can't wait to get on the post. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. It's, it sounds to me like you're one of the people that people would actually like to watch play cricket. Whereas I think sometimes the problem with cricket is there's quite a lot of like stopping it. It takes a long time to kind of happen. But you, you're, are you, are you all action? Are you the kind of person? Oh no, like, no, don't get me wrong. I couldn't <laughs> hit it off the square. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was actually I was actually a leg spinner. Would you believe that? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I did bat a bit, and I think, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, I played I played a few deal scoops in my time, and they got they got the people interested, um, and then I'd you know I'd usually run myself out or something. So, <laughs> so, so most important question then, what's what's your favourite? I mean, it's the it's always what you're doing at the time, isn't it? So. I'm playing, I only play hockey at the moment. You know, I haven't played cricket since I was 17, retired at a fairly young age. And um, so, yeah, I love what I'm doing now. Like it's, you know, hockey really is my passion. And I think going to the Olympics has always been my dream, you know? And I, even when I was a kid, like I thought I'd watch the Olympics and I always thought the rowing was class. And then I'd kind of go down and get in the dinghy. We have like a place in Connemara get in the dinghy and like try and row out the bay <laughs> but you know so I always it was always my dream to go to an Olympics and you know you can't do that in cricket but you can do it in hockey so what well, well, I'd, I'd love to sort of like because I think it's so exciting all the things that you're doing all the things you get into like take part in the world cup potentially the, the Olympics and, and things like that is to talk a little bit about like the tension I don't know if you find this between faith and being competitive like taking part in sports and um, so we, I used to play, well, I played a little bit of football and we played in, in a league where there was no referees and it was like one of the biggest tests of my faith ever. <laughs> <laughs> because you, I don't know, you'd like, there's just no moral compass on the pitch, you say. So like, do you give the thing that you just did to the other team or do you just play on and all this kind of stuff? Anyway, I just found there's like a real kind of tension between the two. Like, do you, do you yeah. find the same thing? Um, where, and, and how do you balance that? Yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. And yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's actually a massive 
struggle to be honest um because I'm like fiercely competitive and that's you know it's a good thing in a way because like you get you try as hard as you can but you know it can flip and go the other way and it can result in you being really like a a terrible witness to your friends on the pitch when you lose the plot and like I've done that a hundred times and it's really hard like it really is and you know especially now in a you know really high intensity environment where every decision matters and like every single part of the game matters and even when you're you're fighting for a spot like for a selection you know that sort of competitiveness is amped up even more um and you know to be honest i i haven't got the hang of it like but i have to you know really ask for god's for god's help in it and his guidance because i'm i'm completely not able to do it correctly on my own um mm. so another thing is you know there's been times where I've, when i've had other christians on the team and that's huge because you can kind of hold each other accountable a little bit um and i know that when i have another christian playing with me you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's so annoying that I'm being held accountable or that. But actually, you know, it is it is helpful. And we're just, you know, we're just human. And I, you know, I just I need God's help with it, to be honest. Yeah, it's really, really interesting you say that, though, because there's a, there's a whole I don't know. We, we all watch professional sport where you've got footballers or, or anybody after they score a goal, that point up to the sky and, and cross themselves as they walk onto the pitch and all those things. And I don't, I don't like the world might see that as as whatever it is. Um, do, what, what's your like stance on that? Do you do you pray before you play? And and like, yeah. What what do you think about that? Yeah, I do. I do pray before I play, and like, I you know I pray that I'll play to the best of my ability, and you know sometimes I pray that we'll win if it's if that's the plan that God has for us, I, you know, you know, it says that we should come to him with our requests. And so I do that. And like, if we don't win, like, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to be a Christian and I'm still, um, you know, going to trust in him. So yeah, I, I ask that I can play to the best way ability. I ask that he would keep my teammates safe out there. Um, and, you know, your prayers aren't always answered in the way that you think they're going to be. Um, and, you know, I've learned that more than ever this last year. You know, I, I pray all the time for the protection of my teammates and two of them have done their ACLs in the last few months. Um, you know, one of the girls was a really committed Christian and it's like, that's crazy. Like, that's something I, I pray for all the time. But then you know, I think in five years time or 10 years time, I'll look back and be like, wow, it's amazing how God had his hand in that. Um, so sorry, that's a bit of a tangent, but yeah, I do, I do pray before I go into the pitch. And, but most of all, I think, you know, I, I always read um, a verse in Philippians, uh, you know, present your requests to God and, you know, basically he'll, you know, grant you a peace that surpasses all understanding um, and that's what I need the most is that peace. And that's what I pray for, to, you know, to take that anxiety and nerves away. Um, because, yeah, I just don't think 
you can find that piece anywhere else in the same way. Mm, no, definitely. You 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 kind of talked about losing then. From what I can see, you do quite a lot of winning. So, <laughs> oh no, I do a lot of losing. I do a lot. <laughs> so, so yeah, do your best to answer this. Should you say, but like, how how do you pick yourself up after a bad game? Like, what would you do if things didn't go to plan and things didn't work out? Yeah, like I'm I'm not keen on the odd losing. Obviously, like I wouldn't be mad on it. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, like I've done a lot of losing. I've done a lot of losing. I played in a Cricket World Cup, didn't win a game. Um, you know, I've lost big games of hockey on big stages. Um, I've lost the World Cup final 6-0. So I have done my fair share of losing. And I think it's, you know, it's easy to be thank, thank God and, you know, give him the glory when, you know, you're winning. It's, it can be tougher when you're losing because you can be quite angry. Um, but at the same time, I think it gives you a perspective um, on things when you're a Christian that, you know, it's difficult to have when you're not because, you know, Christ loves you whether you've won or you've lost. And, you know, you could say, oh, but like these people love me whether I've won or they're lost or I've lost. No, we're so fickle as people. Like, <laughs> our, our, you know, if you lose, you're disappointed. And if you win, um, you're not so. But, you know, Christ's love is, is unchanging. And that's the biggest thing, I think, when it comes to losing games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Everton fan. Um, so I, I well can... able for the losses then, are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> losing team a lot. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I've heard of um, Tim Howard, where he was like the Everton goalkeeper for quite a long time. Ah, yeah. Um, I, lo- I loved this quote that he, he said. He said, I'm blessed to be living a dream. And yet, if it all went away tomorrow, I know I would still have peace, which kind of gives me so far. That's the kind of peace Christ gives. It is rooted in his love and it surpasses all understanding. I just thought that was really cool. That kind of sums up a little bit what, what you're saying, that um, actually, you know, win or lose, we still have our faith. You know, there's still that hope and there's still those things that we can yeah, take from recognizing there's something bigger as well like we all go onto the pitch and we're like this is the like this is this is it like if we lose today it's the end of the world and then you you come away and and you might have lost or you might have had a really bad game and you go, actually no there's actually something bigger like life isn't just about this thing that i do it's about yeah. something else. um so i think it's really cool like what you're saying and i think just just encouraging like to hear that you get to the top mm-hmm. of your game and there's still something bigger like mm-hmm. for all those people who are out there dreaming about reaching the top there's something bigger than the top like yeah. and that's really cool so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and there probably will be some young people listening to this who actually want it like have dreams of actually competing and playing for either their country or whatever it might be in their sport or be successful in whatever field that might even be music or whatever it might be what advice would you give to them as they start to, to dream about these things I think the first thing I always say and and this is kind of irrespective of whether you're a Christian or not like I think often today we're can be a bit scared of giving it everything and a bit scared of absolutely committing fully to something because if you commit fully to something and you fail um well you know then it's properly disappointing but if you're if you're kind of half arsed at it sorry excuse my language um you 
yeah, and yeah, and then you don't get it. Like, do you know what? It's not disappointing, and no one really cares. So the one, the one thing I'd always say is like, you gotta risk it um, to to kind of get where you want to go. And you know, risking it means committing to it and sacrificing other things for it. Um, equally, like if you're a Christian and you're listening to this and you wanna, um, you know, achieve a certain dream, like that's awesome too. Uh, and that's a cool thing, um, but it can be hard because, you know, we also want to commit fully to Christ. So it's you got to figure out a way of not separating the two, but actually having them both just as one, I suppose. So for me, you know, I'm a Christian in my sport. I'm not a Christian who plays sport, you know? Yeah, that's really, really cool. Mm. That's really cool. And do you, do you find that kind of switching off from sport in the day to day and like mixing those? Do you find that easy, or is it something that um, you you really miss and you want to get back to all the time? Or um... I I I wouldn't be great at the switching off. No, um, I do you know I I love the game. Like I love playing, and like I am, you know, I'm. I would say I'm wired a bit differently. Like. You know, I'm constantly thinking, what more can I do? Um, um, and like, how can I get better? And also just like, when can I play and play with my friends? You know, <laughs> so I, yeah, I think I struggle to switch off, which can be difficult because, you know, when I'm, when I'm at church or like I'm in a Bible study or whatever, you know, sometimes my mind can be racing uh, and that's a challenge, to be honest and something I kind of have to work on and talk about and pray about because it's important to be able to switch off and you know focus on God and um and in prayer you know when you need to and each day to be honest but yes when you can't switch off sometimes you know you lose good habits or um you just don't spend the time with God that you should um yeah Part of the reason I asked that is because there's a rumor that um, when you go to prayer meetings, you do it on an exercise bike. <laughs> it's a bit early in our friendship to be spreading rumors about me. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No. Um, it's true, though. I'd be like, I'd be like sweating onto the screen and stuff. It's horrible. But yeah, I'm flat out on the bike. But I actually concentrate very well on the bike. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. So that's incredible that's so good incredible. it's cool that like you could fit them all around each other but like what happens when you what happens when you can't so like I, when i growing up like sport was always on a sunday morning like i played a lot of sport on a sunday morning and it was always a oh do i go to church or do i like play football today or hockey today like what what was that like for you did you have to like make decisions like that yeah yeah like I, I think it's still a battle. Like it's still a struggle, a hundred percent. And, you know, I, tr- yeah, well, I think firstly growing up, my parents didn't, didn't mind if I played sport on a Sunday, um, but they would always do something with me on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like we at home would read the Bible or yeah, you know, there, there would be some sort of replacement for it. Um, and it's obviously not ideal. And, you know, I, yeah, it's definitely not ideal. Um, and if, 
if you have something else in the week that you can go to, it's, it's much better and much easier to kind of continue as a Christian. Um, because definitely, you know, without support and without a, like a church family and a community, it can be, it's so hard on your own. Um, and then like now, yeah, like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's not like, you know, I gave my life to the Lord at 18 and it's just been smooth sailing. Like it, that's not how it is. Like it's really hard being a Christian sometimes. And like, I get it horribly wrong. Um, and, you know, I constantly have to, you know, ask for forgiveness. And um, sometimes, you know, you, you just walk away and you do your own thing. And then you realize that actually you, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. handle it. Like, um, <laughs> so I, I think, yeah, the, the, the times when that's the toughest for me is when I'm, you know, away from church for a long period of time or like away from my church family or, you know, or away from the people that like I read with and I pray with. Um, so the way I've kind of, learn how to manage it is well firstly online church is good for me so I can always go which is cool and then also just like those one-on-one chats with people and um like reading with them and praying with them whether it's on the phone or on FaceTime or you know when there's other Christians in my team that's amazing because we can meet together on trips and um, read together which is just like class so yeah it is tough but you know, you just got to find a way, I suppose. That's amazing. Yeah, you mentioned team and I I guess having the people around you who are there, who know exactly what it's like. Because I I think, I don't know about you or anybody else, but like being in an environment where you're playing sport and other people don't really understand, like it's quite hard to like explain, well, yeah, but I, I, I play sport, so I can't do that on a Sunday. Or like, and trying to trying to explain that to somebody when when you've got people around you who are doing exactly the same thing as you in that environment, it must be so much much easier. It's, it's almost like as well though, like you you think of the church as a team as well in, in the way you spoke there, which was really nice. It's almost like that's a yeah. team that I'm in, and that's a team that I'm in, and so they're getting around me and they're getting alongside me, and they're also doing the same, but it's just for two different kind of purposes. That, in a way. Yeah, that is actually exactly what it's like, really, because I suppose we're running a race as Christians aren't we um and yeah like you need yeah your church family is your team like my Christian friends they're the ones who support me every step of the way and I think I don't know if um you've been involved with Christians in sport or heard of it but that's been a huge support to me and sort of former like athletes Olympic athletes who are Christians you know have like met and prayed with me and sort of like guided me a little bit on on how to to manage it which has been um awesome as well that's so good brilliant and so finally really um your your training for the olympics um you mentioned that you just had an injury but you're 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 getting excited for the olympics is that right or are you nervous? How's this? Oh, no, I'm sure I'm dreading the Olympics. Yeah, no, I've only been waiting for them all my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Would you be honest, like, going to the Olympics? Um, yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, and to be honest, they haven't selected the team yet. So, you know, you kind of have to get over one barrier at a time or one hurdle at a time. So 
you know, the focus is getting on that plane and getting my body right. But if I skip a few steps, yeah, I'm unbelievably excited. Um, yeah. Was, was last summer a bit of a setback? Because obviously the Olympics were supposed to be a year ago. Um, was it was it annoying having to wait a long? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very annoying. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. Like to, to be honest, it was just mad, and I know it was mad for everyone, a hundred percent. But I suppose you just like you know you think maybe your game on a Saturday would be called off because the pitches would be frozen, but like <laughs> you don't really think the Olympics is is going to get chopped. So. I yeah I was fairly shook and you know it took a while it was almost like you kind of had to grieve it in a funny way and um, because at the time we didn't know if it was going to go ahead at all which was a tough a tough thing to sort of stomach to be honest um so yeah it was it was tricky uh, it was a tough time um but I think in the end the extra year preparation has done us the world of good uh, which is which is cool amazing and, and finally one one final question i know i keep saying finally but one final question who is the one person you really want to meet at the olympics oh flip that's a good one um <laughs> do you know what i i would love to meet uh neka agumake who is uh, a US basketball player, female basketball player. Um, yeah, uh, she is unbelievable. She was a number one draft pick, plays for the LA Sparks. So her or um, uh, Tobin Heath, who's a US soccer player. Um, so you thought I was going to say Usain Bolt or something? No, no. Yeah. I'm, only, I'm only concerned with female athletes. Um, so... Yeah, they're the two people I'd like to meet at the Olympics. That's amazing. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so good to chat. Mm. Um, find out a bit more about professional sport. Um, we'll be cheering you on as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so definitely. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. You're, flip, you're flipping better, me, so listen. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'd, be pretty, I'd be pretty good at it if you were like sitting there watching it and we're like, Janie. Hope Arnold is. <laughs> I'm wondering where the tie dye is. I'll probably be wearing my socks. Yeah, they'll be on wearing socks. I'll put them down at the end. Can have a look. Oh, what a dream. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been so good to chat. Thanks, guys, so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And check us out on Instagram at underscore explore faith or on YouTube at explore faith. Or go straight to our website, www.explorefaith.online.